1: Are you serious? There is nothing that the Lord won't go through to get to you, Amen. And I know that's true because He goes through all kinds of stuff to get to me. Welcome to church, Amen. Can I get an Amen, a Hallelujah? Let me testify to something. Amen. All right, we're getting, slowly, slowly, we're getting there. Listen, you know the 19 is still running around, so we're still not doing the handshakes and the hugging. But turn to your neighbor and just say, "Let me testify." Go ahead. Or you can just say hi. Whatever you all want to do is fine. I mean, okay. Still warming up. Go ahead and sit down. Wow. Guys, welcome to church. That was amazing. Thank you. I'm awake now. Something about that Reckless Love song that gets me just going like crazy. Anyway, I can talk about that forever. If you're new here today, I want you to know that we put so much into making you feel welcome or wanting you to be here that when you leave here... I mean, I don't know. I just think that you're just going to feel glorious. I mean, glorious. Like you've got a chance to start again. This is the you, the you that you were born to be. It's right here at Real Life. And that's what we do here at Real Life. So I want you to know that we are on a church on a mission. That we want to help people who are far from God discover real life and purpose in Jesus. Amen? Can we get a testify to that? Testify. All right. So if you're new, you got to do me a favor. There's a couple of things that I want you to try and do. One is I want you to text RL New to 97000. And somebody's just gonna reach out to you. They're gonna say howdy and you're gonna say hi back, and that's really about it. But we just wanna say hi. If you're here at Kentucky Trail, go to the New Here booth. We've got a gift for you over there. You can discover a little bit about us over there. And also, after the 11 o'clock service, so you're here early. So that means you get to hang out and come to the second service again because I'm telling you, it's going to be a little different. I might say something a little different. You don't know, but you'll know if you come. And then you can go to next steps. And since it's the first week of the month, it's the first step. This is new to church. Listen, I've been going to church for a long time. Maybe you have too, but this is your first time here. You want to discover new to church here, real life. You can do that after the 11 o'clock service with Sean and Diane. They would love to walk you through that. Um, Yeah. What am I forgetting? Sean. I think Sean's going to preach. I'm not sure. Was this kind of something different for this Sunday? I wanted to tell you guys, this is what it was. This is what it was. I don't know if you knew this, but I grew up in Washington, D.C. The first 30 years of my life was spent in Washington, D.C. I know. Pray for me. I'm still recovering. But I have insider information that you guys probably don't know about. And one of the things is this Tuesday, there's a presidential election. I don't know if you knew that. Does anybody know that's going on? Somebody knew. Somebody knew. Well, we're in this series called We Will Survive, which is appropriate for an election season. And Sean's going to conclude this this week. And it really from a heavenly perspective, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to look at this thing? And I think you'll really find it to be encouraging, especially in such a midst of a crazy season, a situation that we have going on. So, Sean, come on, man. We missed you last week. Wasn't, wasn't the same without you, brother.
0: Dude, give it up for Brian. Show some love. Hey, uh, I'm just so grateful for you guys and grateful for our church. Uh, this week's been kind of a crazy week. Last, uh, last weekend, we went out of town for a baby moon. If you didn't know, uh, my wife is expecting, um, maybe to know that or not, but 26 days away. And so we went down to Arkansas and uh, we went to a, a church down there. We drove about an hour, 15 minutes to get there. And you know what the whole time I thought about was you guys. Like, seriously, I was like, I miss being at real life. Man, I miss the worship, I miss the people, people hanging out. Uh, I miss Barry's preaching. Come on, somebody. He tore it up last week. Amazing, absolutely incredible. Uh, we, got, hey, where did Trayvon go? <laughs> he behind the curtain. Where's that boy at? Come around the curtain. There he's over here. Give her a Trayvon, dude. They don't know why they're clapping yet, but they are. You probably recognize it. This is Trayvon's first week back there on drums, and uh, he told me he didn't play before, so <laughs> he was lying a little bit. Uh, but they're so thankful uh, for you, Trayvon. I-, I seriously don't know anybody who's put more work in. Uh, into a position on the Dream Team than Trayvon has. Uh, He is up uh, practicing at our studio all the time, just on his own time. I gave him a key, and literally, you drive by, his car is there, he's playing. So, man, appreciate all the hard work you put into that. Uh, But I'm just grateful for you guys. I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful you guys are here. Come on. I'm grateful you guys showed up today in the middle of this series. Uh, We will survive You're online. I'm grateful you're watching online. And so uh, next week, i got to give you a little uh, heads up. We're starting a a series. Uh, It's kind of a rebirth of a series we've done in the past. If you've been here uh, for quite a while, you know the series, and you're going to be excited about it. If you're new with us, you're going to be excited as well. We are coming back with At The Movies next Sunday. Come on, guys. Uh, If you don't know what this is all about, we take blockbuster hits. We take popular movies from Hollywood. I uh, would take out redemptive themes, uh, take out spiritual truths, and we just lay it all out. And uh, it's incredible. Every week is a new movie. Uh, you'll find out when you show up which movie we're doing. Uh, but I want to encourage you, uh, when you, when you come to real life, we encourage you guys to give two Sundays a year to invite somebody to church. Two Sundays a year. So 50 year for you, okay? Come 50 times and you do your thing. But take two Sundays a year and bring somebody. Somebody that's close to you but far from God. I mean, somebody that your heart's on. Somebody you just, this Sunday is the Sunday, right? And so I want to encourage you, this next Sunday is one of those weeks to bring somebody, amen? And uh, you got to bring somebody this week. And I want to encourage you, it's not just the week. I'm saying the whole month, okay? For five weeks at the movies, it's all about reaching people. And so I want to encourage you, get them in as fast as possible, just to start inviting early. Uh, we were filming uh, all over the city la- uh, yesterday absolutely, it's going to be amazing, okay, I'm just telling you, it's going to be one of those series I'm excited for it, and uh, we got more details on it later today, you'll hear about it again, Uh, but man, you know you know, elections upon us, it's coming up on Tuesday, I know there's some fear uh, of the future, some uncertainty, I don't know if there's any doomsday preppers around here, I don't know people what they're doing, there's been some hate mail, I think, Uh, just some hateful posts probably, right, you've seen the social media, man, there's so much division, there's so much tension, there's so much around this topic, and so uh, man, the election is just one of those seasons where it's like the greatest decision of, of of 2020 right and then it will be 2024 and we're gonna have all this tension all the time and uh, I just want to encourage you if you uh, have not listened to Barry's message last week uh, it was on fire I'm gonna build on that message and so um, uh, I'm gonna encourage you go back and watch his message uh, as a matter of fact uh, Jared he's done our film crew kind of leads it he texted me and he said this now I was out of town and so he said hey Sean uh, the church isn't burning down but it's on fire You know what I'm saying? I was like, dude, it's good. And so Barry, man, thank you for laying the foundation for this message. And uh, he talked about this idea, and it's so powerful in this season, that we are an ambassador for Christ. And uh, we've been given the highest calling you could ever get, and it's found in 2 Corinthians 5.19. It says this. It says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and not counting people's sins against them. I don't know if for you, but that's some good news. Amen. I just love that Jesus is in heaven right now with a pencil or a pen and writing out all of our wrongs. Oh, I knew you would. I knew you couldn't make it. I thought you would fail. No, Jesus is in heaven with an eraser, amen? He's erasing all of our wrongs and offering grace to us today, that we are covered by the blood of Jesus and we are set free, not counting people's sins against them. It says this, and he has committed us the message of reconciliation. He has handed us the keys to this message. Like, hey, God loves you. And God died for you. And he's not counting all your wrongs against you. And now we hold the keys to the broken world because we have the antidote. This is who Jesus is, that he has given us responsibility to us. He says, we are therefore Christ's what? Christ's ambassadors. This means we represent heaven to earth. Like, we, we are Jesus to people. Like, we might be the only Bible somebody reads. It says this, and though God were making his appeal through us. Jesus left us here with a mission, amen? He's called us to be an ambassador. You might be the only Jesus that people see. Like literally the only Bible that somebody reads in your entire life. Somebody doesn't go to church or ever grew up with the Bible. That was my story. I grew up, I didn't go to church, I didn't read Bible. You guys talk about veggie tales. I'm like, veggie tales, what are these things? I couldn't get into it, right? Because I was 18, you know? Like I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And for some of you guys, we forget that you're the only Bible people see. And so uh, my friends in high school became Christians and they started shining a light. I started coming to church because somebody represented Jesus. Somebody was an ambassador in my life. Now, in 2020 has got us stuck. It's got stuck in COVID, right? And in riots and racial tension. And we're now we're stuck in politics. And I can't tell you this. Man, there still is and always will be a higher calling. Amen? There will always be a higher calling. We'll always be an ambassador for Jesus. I know that job you work and you try to get to the weekend. Amen? Right? Because make it to 5 o'clock on Friday. You're not there just to make money. You are an ambassador for Christ. That marriage you're in, it's not just you and your girl, all right? It's you, your girl, and Jesus. And you're called to be an ambassador to the world. Do you know your marriage represents a picture of Christ? That your marriage is a picture of what Jesus did for us? They're called to love our wives as God loves the church. That we represent Jesus. There's something more going on than just a marriage or a job in COVID. Guess what? Our goal for COVID is not just to get through it. I think we should get through it, want to get through it, but it's not just to get through it. Like we're an ambassador in this season, amen? Like there's some hope we got to deal. There's some people in this season that are struggling. Depression's on the rise. Suicide's on the rise. There's people who need some help. And we made a commitment earlier on in our church. If When this COVID season happened, we're just going to start reaching out to people who need help. Like we're not going to be afraid of serving people, Amen. I know we may get COVID if we're passing stuff out. And back when we didn't know anything all about COVID, we said, "You know what? We're going to go where people need the most help." We said we're not going to get stuck in the mentality we're going to wait for it to go over here all the time. I can't wait for COVID over. Cannot wait. We no us can wait. But what do we do in this season now, we're ambassadors. And politically speaking, I believe this. I believe we're not loyal to a donkey or loyal to an elephant. I believe we're loyal to a lamb, Amen. We're loyal. There's a higher calling now. For some of you, you're like ooh i got to get my steel-toed shoes on today. pastor's going to go there a little bit. I'm going to go there a little bit. This will be one of those days. I'm going to start a fire. I'm going to put it out. and I'm going to start another fire and put it out. And hopefully, by the end of the day, you're like, I love Jesus. Okay, But we're going to get there. So what does this mean for the election in 2020? What does that mean when you go into the voting booth? Like, you, Which box are you supposed to check? Like which direction are you supposed to go? And I kind of encourage you that this election, there's more to it than just a presidential election. Like, there's state issues, right? There's governors, lieutenant governors, there's local issues, commissioners and sheriffs. Other stuff on the ballot there's, affects district lines and affects other things. And so I would encourage you to be informed and know what's going on. But how are you supposed to be an ambassador for Christ in politics? How are you supposed to be an ambassador for Christ as you sit down in the ballot booth and, and or in the, in the voting booth? How are you supposed to be an ambassador for Christ? I want to encourage you, if we're going to know the future, if we know what to vote for, who to vote for, what party to go with, I want to encourage you. you got to look into the future. You're going to have to know the past. See, if you're going to shoot an error in the future, if you're going to shoot something in the future, you have to do two points of reference. So I brought this slingshot, and I'm praying it doesn't snap on me because you can't see it, but it's, it was a gift from a, a buddy of mine who went to Africa, and uh, I'm hoping it doesn't snap, it hit me in the face, so we're going to pray for that. Um, but, but if you're going to shoot something, you have to do two points of reference. You have to have your hand out, and you pull it back, and you get to adjust where it goes. And I encourage you, it's just not about where we are today. It's just one point of reference. And for so many of us, like we're passionate about something because something just happened. Like my friend said, or Facebook said, or my mama said, or somebody said, right? We're fired up. And so we make emotional decisions. And I encourage you that we just don't see what is in the present, but we have to go see what is in the past. We have to discover what's behind us. We have to know what's happened to discover where we should go. Amen? We have to learn what what we're all about to aim this thing. And if you don't know what's happened in the past, because I'm on a microphone that's on my hand, who'd have figured that? Uh, I think I know by now after three years, the microphone's attached to my hand. Um, But we have to know the past. We're going to have to discover some stuff. We can't aim something. Oftentimes, we think it's just about the present. I know somebody, we we get so wrapped up. I mean, if you're following me on social media, you don't see a lot, right? I just have a hard time saying something. There's just so much division, No matter what you say, it's always taken the wrong way. And so I want to do. I want to take a look in the past. I want to take a look at past and what it looked like to be an ambassador for Christ in the first century. What was it all about for those first century Christians? That first generation of Christianity. What did they live for? And ultimately, they lived for this doctrine that Jesus was Lord. That he was in control. They knew everything. They set the boundaries of time and space. That he was in control, ultimate authority. And for them, that God was bigger than all of their differences. Like there was something greater than just the color of my skin. There's something greater than my political stance. There's something greater because Jesus was Lord of all. And I'm going to go through for four values of the early church. And I believe it's going to speak to us today. The first thing is this. There's a value of the church. The first value is this. That life was sacred. That life was sacred. You find Jesus in the early church. He was caring for the sick. The lame, the lepers, you'll never find Jesus preach a message before he delivers hope to somebody. Before he heals somebody, before he gives them food, before he cares for somebody, before he helps a a, 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 man, a hand grow back or he raises someone from the dead. You'll never find Jesus preaching that religion. Jesus always cared for somebody before he fed the soul, amen? And that's what Jesus did and that's what early disciples did. Actually, many of those people that Jesus cared for weren't even Christians. They were the people that looked the least like God. And he cared for them. As a matter of fact, it's, Jesus cared about all people. It's found in Genesis 1.17. It says this, so God created mankind. God created all people. Somebody say all people. people. Any good. Brian, we got there. <laughs> we got there. But God created mankind, all people, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. I mean, God is for all people. Every single person on earth. And there comes a point in your Christian life and maybe you have discovered this. Maybe you haven't discovered this yet. But when you say the word God's people, it becomes offensive. Because every person is God's people. Amen? Amen. You see that seat next to you? That's God's people. So we don't like, like to pack the room out. Because we want to remind everybody that every single time we come here, it's not about us. That that person next to you is God's people. That person is going to vote different than you on this election. Come on, somebody. You drive down there, you see that political sign in the yard. That's God's people. I know you want to burn the sign down. I saw some spray painted art. My favorite thing to do when I was a teenager, and I shouldn't say this, but I like to switch people's political signs. (laughs) It's a lot of fun, especially when they're in your family. Just going to say. Just going to say. But people across the aisle, physically and figuratively, are God's people. People believe differently are God's people. All people are God's people because life is sacred. matter of fact, it says in Psalms 139, it says, For you created my inward being, you knit me together in my mom's womb, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you guys know that. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You guys are looking good, right? Some of you guys are like, I don't believe that. But your works are wonderful, I know it full well. You know, from conception, life was sacred. For the first century Christian, life began at conception. God put us together in the womb. matter of fact, they didn't just believe it began at conception. They believed life was important all the way through all stages of life. You see Jesus where he says, don't stop the children from coming to me. Like, they're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. I mean, faith like a child, amen? And then he leads through all these people and says, you're going to care for the the people that need Jesus most. Come on, the widows and the orphans, amen? Like, all stages of life. Jesus was for all people. Life was sacred. Matter of fact, it was so sacred that Jesus came for us. In John 3, 16, most of the guys know the verses. For God so loved the world, Man, that's all people. That's the word cosmos. That's just it's not a certain type of people or a certain color of people or location of people. That's every ethnos. That's every people in the world. And that he gave his one only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal, come on, what's that word? Life. Jesus is for life. The early Christians were for life. It's a value of the church. Life was sacred. Matter of fact, there's another value our church had, that marriage was sacred. You know, for the first time in history when Christianity was born, there was something different about marriage. It was one man for one woman for one lifetime. That was the first time it was ever brought to the table. That was the first time it was ever presented in that direction. The Romans, they had a way of thinking if you had multiple wives, you can have them as long as you can afford it. Come on, somebody. And um, this is how they rolled, and that's, that's a lot of money, I guess. Uh, but the Greeks, they integrated prostitution into everyday lives. The Hebrews, they had it so easy. They'd sign a piece of paper if they want to marry somebody else. Doesn't sound familiar in our culture at all. Um, but most religions taught polygamy. They taught it's okay to have multiple women, multiple wives, multiple husbands, whatever it's going to be. And I don't know about you, but one's enough, amen? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Diane said, amen. <laughs> I love you, babe. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something. She burned me a couple weeks ago, but I messed up her birthday, and it's a long story. And uh, I said, man, babe, why'd you, why'd, you, why'd you burn me? You didn't have to say anything. She goes, because I knew people would laugh at you. And it's like, <laughs> okay she got me good but life was sacred marriage was sacred but they believed this they believed that you should care for the poor matter of fact this is what jesus was known for you know jesus was poor jesus didn't own a house he didn't have a donkey he owned nothing in this entire world his entire life and so you see jesus caring for the poor everywhere he went matter of fact the early church uh, they cared for the poor so much when they were initiated they actually went around this is kind of crazy in 2020 but all the churches worked together come on and they raised money to care for people in famine, to help them in the middle of a need where they needed food. You see this in the early church. All throughout the church, they said, take care of the widows and the orphans and feed and the destitute. Matter of fact, it's a true religion. Like, if you don't look like Jesus, you better serve like Jesus. You better start caring for the poor. Like, if your church isn't caring for people who are poor, I don't know what you're doing because Jesus is with the poor. I love when somebody comes in and they look a lot different than us, right? You ever seen those videos where, like, the, the pastor dressed up as a homeless person and sits on the side of his church? Have you seen that before? I don't know, maybe just me because I'm a pastor, so they feed me stuff, right? And I'm, like, watching this, you know? And the people walk by him, and the, and the security comes out. Come on, I know how that works. And I'm thankful for security, right? But they kind of, like, watch, watch, watch. And some people give some money, but most people, like, just walk by. And then, like, after the whole gathering, he walks up and starts preaching. I'm, like, dude, that's hardcore, right? But Jesus would care for the poor. Matter of fact, that's where you'd find him. You'd find him with the least of these, the people that are hurting the people that were homeless, the people didn't have the next meal, the next thing planned out. That's where Jesus was, and that's who he is. As a matter of fact, it says in Proverbs 31, 9, it says, Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Man, they can't speak for themselves, so who's supposed to speak? Christians speak. As a matter of fact, in the 14th century, there was this plague that happened called the Babonic Plague. A third of the world died, so it's really nothing like COVID. It's way worse. A third of the world died, and what would happen is uh, as people got sick, they would die after the symptoms within three to five days. I mean, there's many stories of people who got sick at night and they wouldn't wake up, like their first symptom, and they'd just be gone. And so people were casting out their family members into the streets. If they had a symptom, they would just throw them out into the street to die. Can you imagine that kind of world? Maybe we can with COVID a little bit. And so the Christians at that time are known for taking people in off the streets and loving them and caring for them as they were dying. And this is what Christianity is about. They're caring for the poor. But not only life is sacred, marriage is sacred, here for the poor, but they believe in the equality of all people. Those first century, Christians begin to tear down the walls of racism and meism immediately. And there's this verse found in Galatians 3 that Paul says, and it's so powerful for us. It says, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all who have been baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. And I love this. He says, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, Man, can we believe that today, that we're all one, amen? That we're all the same? That we're not just black and white and brown, but we're all just one together? We're not Democrat or Republican? Come on, somebody. I can't get behind that one yet. We'll have to wait till next week. Not just American or Middle Eastern, not just girl or guy. We're not rich or poor, landowner or beggar, white collar or blue collar, or this tribe or that tribe. We're all one under Jesus' name because there's something greater because God was the Lord of all. Amen? And there's something bigger than our differences. There's something to unite us as a church, as the people that serve Jesus, that we're going to look out and say, I'm going to serve people. It's not about me. It's about the church. I love about our church. We're called a Jesus church. I often get people asking me, are you non-denominational? I just love to tell them we're not, not something. Like, we're not even known for what we're against. We're just about Jesus. We're a Jesus church, and there's nothing that's going to separate us. And so I, I love denominations. I have a lot of dimensional friends that came out of domination. But guess what? We're, we're, we're not about drawing lines. It's if you love Jesus, then let's go do this together. Amen? Like, we're for the church. I don't care what name you put behind it, but it's just Jesus. Like, whatever denomination it is, just that's great. But we're for Jesus. We're for the gospel. are for reaching people. Because the main truth is Jesus is Lord. He's bigger than all of our differences. And so you're standing at the doorstep of this 2020 election. You're wondering, which way should I vote? How am I supposed to fit in? Can I just encourage you guys today, that as an ambassador of Christ, you're not going to fit in. You are not going to fit in. I know you're trying to fit in. I know you want to take a stand. I know you want to look a certain way. And you want to have a post about it, okay? you're not called to fit in because you can't fit in so if you look at all the different values i talk through you'll notice that the first two values that life is sacred and marriage is sacred that's mostly a republican stance isn't it like that's what they're kind of known for but if you go about the caring for people and the equality that's more of a democratic stance isn't it like they're a little better at that at least a little better at presenting it they're better at it and for us like we try to be all four but you can't be all four like there's no political party that represents all four values amen I know we want to be in one or the other. I know we want to just say, this is how it is, this is how it is, this is how it is. But I'm telling you that none of them truly represent what Jesus has called us to be. As an ambassador, no Christian party. Yes, I believe life is sacred. Amen? Yes, I believe that marriage is sacred. Yes, I believe in caring for the poor. Yes, I believe in equality. Amen? There's nobody going to fit into that. We agree on all four, but there's lines that have been drawn in a man-made system. And so for us, as an ambassador to Christ, you're just not going to fit in. Can I tell you this? And this is maybe where it steps on some toes. There is great Christian followers on both sides of the spectrum. There's great Christian leaders on both sides of the spectrum. There's people who lean right. There's people who lean left. There's some people who are independent, even though you may say they're wasting their vote. There's, there's people that fall apart on all parts of this system. And I want to encourage you, you, you typically vote for the area you're most passionate about. So I've got a guy in my life. He's a mentor. Uh, he, he is couldn't have kids, and so he has adopted kids. And these, these kids um, obviously are adopted from people who have given up their, their children. And so he's basically raised these kids um, from the moment they came out of the womb as his own kids. And he is strong pro-life. He believes in sacred life because he wouldn't have kids if somebody had an abortion. Amen? And so for him, that, that's where he stands. Like, I, I'm passionate about pro-life. That's where he's at. I've got an uncle who has kids who had kids with muscular dystrophy. Okay, they lived into their 40s, some of the oldest muscular dystrophy kids in the United States. Uh, They both passed away in recent years. And he is passionate about caring for people, passionate, because he sees that. And maybe if you're a foster parent, you might fall on, on some of those lines because you see the need around it. You know, I come from a split home. If I saw your picture up, if I put a picture up of my family, you wouldn't recognize they're my siblings. See, I've, got, I've got Hispanic siblings in my family. They look completely Hispanic. You would never put us together in a million years. And I grew up one weekend, I'd hang out with my two stepbrothers my stepsister and my brother and half-sister. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> Gotta keep naming people, all right? And then the other weekend, I'd go with my dad down to Warrensburg and hang out with my, my blood brother, right? And then every other weekend, so I grew up where, like, I didn't play a lot of sports. I didn't do a lot of stuff with my friends on the weekends because one weekend was with this family, and one weekend was with this family. And so for me, I come down hard on marriages. That's where I'm at. Like, I'm passionate about marriage because I've seen it fall apart. I've been through a split home. Amen? Amen. Maybe somebody's been there. I know I've been there. You know, i I got a lot of people that are passionate about equality. I've got a lot of people who are passionate about equality. Matter of fact, I have this friend, uh, she's a white lady, she married a black man, and for the first time in her life, she started to recognize the stuff that he went through. For the first time in her life, her eyes were open to the reality that the world wasn't just as simple as it used to be. And so for her, she's passionate about equality. And for us, we're gonna vote what we're most passionate about. Some of us are gonna lean a little differently. Some of us are gonna think a little differently, but if we're not careful, we might actually think that we're supposed to fit in. We might actually think that our side is the only side, Amen because that's what we're thinking. And that somehow that being ambassador of Christ fits neatly into a man-made label Democrat or Republican. So there's one value I didn't talk about today that's found in the early church. And I think this supersedes every single value we've talked about. The early church was extraordinary at forgiveness. They're extraordinary at forgiveness. Let's check it out in 2 Corinthians, read it a minute It says that God was reconciled the world to himself and Christ and not counting people's sins against them. They were passionate about forgiveness. We're not gonna agree on everything. I don't even agree with myself half the time. Like, I don't know all the issues. I just try to do my best and follow Jesus, but they're passionate about forgiving people that didn't look like them or act like them. How would Facebook change if we applied this value today? Absolutely crazy. They weren't counting people's sins against them. God called us to offer grace. What does this mean 2020? It means you need to start having redemptive conversations. You know, oftentimes we talk to somebody and the moment we found out they believe different than us, we're like, hey, cool man, that guy's an idiot. Did I tell you what that guy said? That's 99.9% of every conversation politically speaking. We find out somebody's Democrat, we're like walking away. find out somebody's Republican, walk away. We don't have a conversation. And can I encourage you, instead of asking, are you a Democrat or Republican and try to find out immediately? Just ask this question differently. Ask this what are you most passionate about politically? Like, what are you most passionate about? Like, what is it that just kind of stirs your fire? Like, what's, what's going inside your heart? Like, what are you seeing? I've had this conversation with numerous people leading up to this message, and it's so amazing to hear them. Because you don't know we talk about? We're not talking about Trump or Biden. We're not talking about all the stuff that divides us. We're talking about some solutions. We're talking about stuff that's on people's hearts. And I just ask them, why are you passionate? Like, what story led you there? Like, how did you get to that point where that, that was something on your heart? And all of a sudden, you can start turning a conversation to Jesus. Can you imagine a political conversation going to Jesus? Can you imagine agreeing with somebody and praying with somebody and saying, man, I can't believe you've been through that? And encourage them and have a redemptive conversation to point them to Christ. Can you imagine actually having a conversation and politically speaking and actually leave where somebody knew more about God and was encouraged to come to church and was changed from the inside out? I'm to ask a few questions on this. Man, if our conversations aren't redemptive, man, then what are they? Popular vote? I mean, what are we doing? What, what are they? If they're not helping people see Jesus, then what are people seeing? I'm, I'm just saying. And there's a lot of guys that come down on picking a side on this. But I'm just telling you, they got to see Jesus. They got to see Jesus. There's a time and place for your passion. I love having passion. You should be passionate. But we're talking to somebody you wouldn't know on Facebook or a friend, and we're fired up more about being a Republican or a Democrat than they are about Jesus. We've missed it because we're called to be an ambassador, amen? We're called to be an ambassador. Ain't nobody else can tell us about Jesus. There ain't nobody magic going to show up to your family and friends and tell them about Jesus. And so when they get fired about politics, you just think, man, how, Lord, how can I tell them about Jesus through this politic conversation? Like, how can I show them grace? How can I be extraordinary in forgiveness? Because I do not agree with their position. Like, I do not like what they're saying. But you know what, God? There's a greater mission I'm on in this season. Grace requires us to stop canceling culture. Like we can't just turn on Fox, come on somebody. We can't just turn on CNN and cancel everything else out. We can't cancel everything around us and create this dystopia that the only thing we like to listen to is ourselves. Like we can't just cancel everything around us. We gotta learn to engage in conversations with people to start listening. Can I encourage you to show grace and not to burn a bridge with somebody over politics? Come on, dude. How many bridges have been burned? How many people are like, I'm not gonna go to church because I know what that is all about. Happens all the time. Sometimes I get lumped in that group as a, you know, like we're a church and you're like, do I have to be associated with these other churches sometimes? Or do we have to be like that? That's what sometimes we're known for. But God's called us to be different. As Christians, I think you should be passionate. I think you should vote. I think you should print the ballot out in advance and be the most informed person on earth. In fact, I print mine out and I bring it in as a cheat sheet so I can get out of there quick. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you, nerd alert. That's what I do. I research every part of the ballot. Because I don't want to walk in and go, I don't know. Mm, I think that's a good one. Eeny, meeny. I I like that. Like, this is what matters. And local stuff matters. Come on, somebody. I mean, if you know about politics, like, I I, I guess we care about the president. But what's happening here? Like, there's stuff on the ballot. you got to know. you got to get ready for it. You should be prepared. You should vote with the future in mind. It shouldn't be some flipping decision or some emotional thing. You should know. I know some of you guys today are like a little disappointed I didn't endorse a candidate. There's probably a handful of people. I'm probably talking the 2%. But there's last parts for the 2%, so I'm just gonna say it. So here's why I'm passionate about not endorsing a candidate or endorsing a political party. You gotta hear me out on this because it's gonna take a few minutes. But I believe this, I believe Jesus already marked out the times and space of this season. That Jesus already knows everything is about to happen. It's found in Acts 17, 26. It says, from one man, he made all nations that should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history. Like he drew the map. Like he knows exactly what's about to go down and the boundaries of their lands. Come on. Like you read the history book and God knew all this in advance. I'm not gonna get into how he knew and all this crazy stuff, because you can start thinking some crazy stuff here. But God knows, that's all I'm saying. He is the Lord of all. Like he is in charge, it has authority. And so you might say, well, if God knows, then what am I supposed to do about this? And look at verse 20 we talked about there earlier. It says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, although God we're making his appeal through us. Man, why did God leave us here? So that we could be the most political revolutionary people in the world and have a high opinion on it, going into the election and telling people all this stuff? Or God, leave us here to be an ambassador for Christ in the middle of a political dysfunction and division and appoint people to Jesus. Amen? There's a few people. We're getting there. There's 2% are mad right now. I'm sorry. I still love you. Just try to get to your heart. Just gotta step on your toes a little bit. You know, Billy Graham said this, and I'll leave you with this. But Billy Graham had a leadership book. And uh, if you've never read it, you've got to read it, uh, especially if you're a leader for the cause of Christ. But, it's, man, it's amazing for anybody. It talks about how he led and how he made it so far. You know Billy Graham, one of the greatest leaders in the 20th century uh, for the cause of Christ. I mean, he did more for the cause of Christ. I mean, he can't even hold a candle to what he's accomplished. And Billy Graham, he used to be the strong Christian right arm. Like, he'd be pushing down, like, you should vote for this person. You should vote for this party, you should do it this way. And he's preaching at his rallies and he's preaching politics and he's leading politics and he's friends with all the presidents, like he hangs out with them. And so uh, he was hanging out with Nixon and he got wrapped up and kind of slandered and brought into the Watergate scandal just at any level whatsoever. But he, his name was all over the place and he wasn't involved in it, but he was just being marred by the media. And for him, he was like, man, I've crossed the line. Like all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm not reaching the mission God's called me to be on because I'm so involved in politics. He'd speak at his rallies and he became so Republican that people stopped coming that were Democrat. And he made this comment. He said, I'm alienating the very people I'm trying to reach. And that's his words. Because I'm so outspoken and so bold about my position that I'm actually hindering the cause of Christ. And so he changed his position. And you'll find it in his life where people ask him, hey, who should we vote for politically? Hey, what do you believe? And he said this, and I love it, he said, I'm for Jesus. I'm for Jesus. Yes, I have a view, but this platform is not for that view, amen? This platform isn't where I preach down my opinion and I preach down some of the speculation. This platform is to honor God and to push you guys to be ambassadors for Jesus. Can we just say I'm for Jesus today, amen? That I'm for Jesus, that I'm for Jesus. There's more at stake than just a vote and a vote is very important and you should take it seriously. But there's more at stake than a vote. There are souls of all people, amen? The souls of all people even the people who don't look like you and don't vote like you and you'll know when you walk in <laughs> and you'll know what they're wearing and we're called to care for people i know the season may get crazy i know with all the absentee ballots everything happened it's probably not going to end on wednesday come on somebody but jesus already knows which way the states are going to swing like jesus knows way florida's going and michigan's going you know they, jesus knows what's going to happen like we're not going to lose control we're not going to go off the rocker because Jesus is in control. And if you ask me, Sean, who are you voting for this year? I'm just going to tell you straight up, I'm voting for Jesus. And if you want to know I'm voting, you come talk to me later. we we'll will have, have a what are you passionate about conversation, Trayvon. What are you passionate about, Trayvon? What are you passionate about? I'll tell you what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about marriage. And here's why. That's a lot different, isn't it? it be a lot different conversation. Somewhere along the lines, we, 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 we stop having the ability to disagree. We stopped having the ability to, to, to actually talk about a topic and not just take it personal. Like somewhere along the way, we, we put something way in front of God. And I have to ask the question today, are you more of an American Christian or more of a Christian American? Like which one's first? Republican or ambassador? A Democrat or ambassador? Like which one matters most to you at the end of the day? You now I'm signing on a lot of stuff and this message is not an easy message for me to give. I don't typically like this, isn't a typical message. I spent way too much time on this message. So, waste of time worrying about this message. So, if you're offended, just don't tell me. <laughs> just saying. But I kind encourage you, we leave here just saying, I want to follow Jesus. Like, I want to make a difference. Yeah, I, I want to I have a vote, right? And you should vote. I hope every single one of you vote. But man, I just want people to see Jesus because I'm an ambassador for Christ. Father, we come before you. God, we thank you so much. God, for this church. God, for what you're doing, God, we missed this place last week. And so God, I pray you to start a revival, God, that we have ambassadors, God, in all of our conversations, just have redemptive moments. And so then I want to talk to somebody maybe who's been a little too outspoken, maybe taking too much of one side or the other and just let it get into their skin and they just find themselves getting frustrated and burned out and irritated. They got so much anxiety and stress about the future and what's going to happen on Tuesday. And they forgot what it's all about. They are called the ambassadors of Christ. I want to talk to somebody who wants to start having some redemptive conversations. And so if that's you, you say, I want to change. I want to pray for you today. And if you wouldn't mind just lifting your hand, nobody looking around and say, you know what? I want to change. I want, I want to have redemptive conversations. Man, I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to be at ease in this season. I want to trust God what's going to happen on Tuesday. If that's you, just put your hand up. Nobody looking around. I see your hands. There's hands all over the place. Father God, just come into this place, God. Just do work in our hearts. God, we become so narrow-minded. God, so focused on the small things, we forget the big things. God, that you're in charge. And God, you care so much about all these issues that we can't fit into a box. So God, remind us of who we are. God, remind us we're ambassadors of Christ. We're not called to fit in, amen? We're called to, to just lift our head high and do the best we can. And we know the things are gonna fail around us. We can't control everything. But God, we're taking one step at a time because you've drawn this space and time. You know the boundaries of this land. And so God, help us, God, to honor people. God, even the people who don't look like us people who don't talk like us, people who don't believe and like, vote like us. God, help us to honor all people and serve people and be ambassadors for Christ in this season. God, I know you're calling us to a higher calling. God, you're calling us to be ambassadors. I want to talk to one more group of people today. Maybe you walked in today and you said, you know what, I didn't know God erased my sins. Like I had no idea that, G- that Jesus walked around with an eraser. I want to talk to you today, if you need Jesus, that Jesus already declared your victory. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross. He took all your sins, paid for them, past, present, and future. And every time you make a mistake, Jesus is erasing it. But the only people receive the gift of Jesus, the people call on his name. Bible says, if you confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that God raised from the dead, that you will be saved. Today can be your day of salvation. All you got to do is call up to Jesus and say, thank you for dying on the cross for me. And he will exchange all your wrongs for all of his rights. And so maybe today you say yes to Jesus. You want to be transformed and made new in your relationship with him. Maybe you're online, you're listening. But if that's you, without looking around, you just pop your hand up just over those slides and say, I need Jesus today. I know it's a political conversation, but guess what? I need Jesus. Like, I, want, I, want, I know there's something wrong in my life, but God died for it. He's erased my sin. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thanks so much. God, for loving me when I was unlovable, not caring for me. God, when I felt like I was ugly. God, when I felt worthless. God, you were there for me. God, you erased every sin, past, present, and future. God, I'm calling you to be my Lord and Savior. God, I trust you. God, you can have my life. I want to serve you, and I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, come on, let's give it up for those who came to Christ today. Can you guys do me a favor? You see those empty seats around you? At the movies next week. Redemptive conversations. Let's reach the most people we can ever reach, even the craziest time, because we're ambassadors for Christ. Amen? Hey, if anybody's here,
2: Made that decision? You said yes to Jesus today. I want you to know that we are excited for you, and we want to we want to be there with you because it's not the end of a journey; it's the beginning one. And you got so many great days ahead of you. And that journey isn't meant to be walked alone. We want to walk with you. So I've got two great next steps for you. If you said yes to Jesus today, first of all, let us know about your decision. You can do that by texting RL next to nine seven zero zero zero. We'll have a connection team member. They'll call you. They'll reach out to you. And they'll get connected with you, and they'll show you how much. God cares about you how much we care about you. If you're with us in person today, at the back of the at the the back of the worship center, there's one of these red bags. It's got a Bible, some other free resources in it. Pick one of them up. It's a great next step for you guys if you've made that decision, and we are so excited for you guys today. Can't wait to connect with you. We've got an awesome next step for the rest of you. Man, I just love the passion that Sean brought, and your next step is this. Get out of your echo box. Get out of the circles that just everybody thinks just like you. Jump in a life group. Because I tell you what, man, some of the best conversations, passionate, redemptive conversations I've had have been in a life group. We've launched our, our fall life groups, but it's not too late to join. So you can go to on, uh, you can go online to RealLifechurchKC.com, get signed up. We've got groups throughout the week, different places of the area. You will find people that will do life with you and they will pour into you, even if they don't believe exactly like you do. You will have a way that God just reaches out and touches their hearts and touches your hearts by being in community together. Get signed up today. I want you guys to know I just love your guys' hearts. You guys are so generous. The things that we do through the city are because you guys are faithful. In the Bible talks about 2 Corinthians chapter 9. God says he loves a cheerful giver. And that's who you guys are, and that's who I know you continue to be because you make a difference through your time, your money, everything. So as always, there are three ways that you can give here at Real Life. You can go online to reallifechurchkc.com, click the giving tab. You can text any amount to 84321 Or there's a box if you prefer a cash check, you can drop it there in the back. I want you guys to check out this video, see how your guys' generosity is going to make a difference in the coming weeks.
3: Hey, real life, what's going on? I'm just so excited to tell you about this new series launching next week. One of the most incredible series of the year. You won't believe it. Are you ready for me to tell you what it is? It's at The Movies, yes, At The Movies is a series where we take some of the most popular films and pull out the spiritual truth from them. And every week we're gonna have something really fun for you and your family. We're gonna have a red carpet experience with a photo booth. We're gonna have free candy, soda, and popcorn. Now come on somebody, that's like the best part of going to The Movies. You know there's two times a year that Sean really wants us to push and and invite people out. And I'm telling you, At The Movies is one of those. not just one Sunday next Sunday, but the next five Sundays. Invite someone that needs to hear the hope of Jesus. Invite someone that needs to find their real life and purpose. This is gonna be the best way to do it, whether they've never been to church before or whatever the circumstance, everybody loves a good movie. So we can't wait to see you and your family and your friends starting next week, right here at Real Life Church. Now check this out, action. Hello. Hi, hey, everybody, and welcome. Excuse me. Woo-hoo.
1: Gentlemen, do you know what time it is? It's time. Time for what? Something big.
3: Something so big. <laughs> it's coming. It's headed
2: right for us. Ah! How are you doing, Rex?
0: Were you scared? Tell me honestly. Do you want to know? what it is at the movies what at the
4: movies <laughs> what's that
0: very good movies movies i haven't been to the movies in ages
4: Mm-mm. this
0: is for church at the
4: church movies church movies the church movie the
1: church meeting movies inconceivable We're a match made in heaven
4: let's all go to the movies It's coming. It's
1: coming. Some of us just got real excited knowing that we're going to the movies next week and we don't have to sneak in any candy and popcorn like I do in my wife's purse. And it's going to be good. And it's free for you to enjoy. Hey, listen, thank you guys for being here. And I just want to say on a personal note, I want to testify that, Sean, I think that was the best sermon I've ever heard you give. Because it's the truth. You always give the truth. But I mean, in the election season, I mean, that was truth about Jesus. Amen. Listen, if you're new here, stop by the New Here booth. we got a gift for you. Make sure we get that to you. If you need prayer, there'll be somebody up front that would love to pray with you guys. We'd love seeing you here today. If you remember, repeat after me, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. Amen. All right.